It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I debated on uh, kind of starting to show off like somber, uh, kind of in shock, like the fans were. Um, it was one of the weirdest games ever where when the game ended, nobody booed, nobody cheered. Uh, the stadium was playing the Vikings fight song. It was one of the oddest endings to a game I've ever been a part of. I think partly because the Vikings were supposed to win that game and everybody assumed that. So nobody had any expectations of a loss. Nobody had any uh, doubt and nobody really understood what actually happened. We're going to break down what happened in this game and how the Vikings can bounce back. Maybe not Thursday, but the week after. I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show, and we'll talk about that next. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I want everybody to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to get started today. Trust me, it's going to make every moment more. Every single game will be a lot more exciting, no matter who you're betting on. But trust me, those parlays are well worth it. Even with a mundane Vikings game where it kind of had lulls and, and, and quiet moments and, and the stats didn't really show the energy. Like, if you look at Justin Jefferson's stats, you would have thought, like, man, this was a great, ridiculous Justin Jefferson type game. It was not. But FanDuel will keep you interested the entire way because, like I said, I had my parlay and I was a Justin Jefferson touchdown short of that parlay hitting. So, guys, make sure you check out our, our locks on Friday. We have some good uh, parlay locks uh, not just for the Vikings game, but maybe for another game you might be interested in. But I'm Ron Johnson. As I bring my producer to the show, Sam Extra. Everybody wants to talk about the Vikings Buccaneers. And we did a couple of different things all week leading up to this game. And, and, and I think nobody, everybody was like talking about the game itself. And everybody was talking about these rosters and, and mm-hmm. what we had to look forward to. The names that popped out to scare us were Vita Vea. Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. Nobody said anything about Baker Mayfield. Nobody was really scared of Baker Mayfield. Uh, Antoine Winfield. When you think about that, Antoine Winfield did what he had to do. He came in the building. He made everybody realize, I wish we had drafted you. Uh, Co'Keefe almost had a chance on the, on the, it was almost a gopher to gopher type of thing. I don't know if you remember this. Antoine Winfield strict sack, strict sack fumble. And then the very next play, they went deep to Co'Keefe in the end zone. And I think he dropped it. I don't know if he dropped it. Maybe he got broken up. But it was almost a gopher to gopher like celebration moment. Do you remember that? Yeah, I'm trying. I remember. I thought Mayfield overthrew Keefe at one point. Didn't he miss a wide open guy in the end zone? I can't remember what I'm saying. Yeah, it was Co'Keefe. I thought he dropped it. But yeah, maybe it was an overthrow. Maybe it was, but I thought he should have got it. But yeah, maybe it was a little bit high, a little bit deep. But yeah, I I remember Co'Keefe being wide open. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like both gophers that the Vikings could have had 
are mm-hmm. about to show us what we're missing. Because if you think about Cole Keefe and what he brings to the Bucks, and, and not to like break down the the the, the Quasi roster, but Cole Keefe is a fullback tailback, t- or sorry, fullback tight end. He's a guy that plays tight end bigger than you. I mean, you look at the number forty one and you think he's short. He's not short. He's a big dude. But when you look at what he brings to the table, he also can play fullback. Now, of course, we have CJ Ham. But how much does he truly give you in this passing game? Because I've seen them split C.J. Ham out a couple of times. Um, but Cole Keefe, I mean, he's 6'5", 265, Sam. He doesn't look it. Like when he wears 41, for some reason, he looks like 6'3", 6'2", maybe, which is still a tall gentleman. But 6'5", is really tall. And I don't think people give him credit for how big of a tight end he really is. But yeah, Antoine Winfield came in there, did his thing. Mike Evans was kind of quiet, um, probably because of Baker Mayfield. Mike Evans looked very disinterested, like I got to – I got to go this whole season with this dude. Besides the touchdown, I will say once he got the touchdown, uh, that was the one bright spot. Without that touchdown, Mike Evans looked wasted mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. offense under Baker Mayfield. Chris Godwin was really not noticeable. The Vikings defense, actually, it was it was fun to see the Brian Flores defense and, and some of the, the seven line, seven guys at the line stuff, some of the blitzes. Uh, guys is missing. Benton Whitley had a chance. Missed it. Completely whiffed on Baker Mayfield. Jumped over Should've, him. Jumped over him. Like, I don't know what he was going for, the water boy type sack or the Roy Williams, Texas versus Oklahoma type sack. Uh, either way, it, it didn't work. Troy Pop, Malo, we've seen a lot of guys do that move. Didn't work for Ben Whitley. That was uh, his one snap in the game, Ron. He had one his, snap. He had one shining moment. He had, he had one shining moment, Sam, and he, he couldn't get it done. Um, but, you know, other than that, the Vikings defense, you know, Daniel Hunter got himself a sack. Uh, we didn't see Marcus Davenport. I think that was the tough thing. Marcus Davenport in the past – injuries kind of held him back and we didn't see him and so to not see marcus davenport agent zero ground zero zero dark 30 um it it was it was saddening to be honest sam like i was excited to see what marcus davenport can do and we're right back to square one like looking for guys to get after the quarterback looking for another guy to get can this guy get healthy we'll talk about injuries because injuries are a big part of the nfl as a whole the new york jets last night I think their Super Bowl hopes were dashed. Their season hopes aren't dashed because Zach Wilson found a way to beat the Buffalo Bills. Zach Wilson beat the Buffalo Bills. I'll say that again. Zach Wilson beat the Buffalo Bills. I couldn't even get it out. Beat the Buffalo Bills. BBB. BBB. Oh, that's uh, LeVar Ball. There you uh, go. Which that's what it felt like. It felt like Zach Wilson is a part of the big baller brand, which is like, okay, this is a sham. But Zach Wilson got it done. Uh, surprisingly enough, like it was a very interesting uh, game. Uh, I was very surprised it went to overtime even. Like I thought when Aaron Rodgers went out, and I, you, I don't know if you thought this too, I was mm-hmm. like, this is over. And, the, yeah. and this is how I know I thought that because I turned the game off. Like I did. I turned from it and started watching Big Brother. Like the, 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 I recorded <laughs> it. So I turned it off. And so when I thought about that, I'm like, this game. And then I like turned back and I'm like, wait a minute. Did they just score? Okay. Did they just, did they kick another field goal? Like, and, and, and for some reason, the Bills, the defense of the Jets is what got to them. Like, they started creating confusion. But we'll talk about that in the next segment. But, Sam, my Vikings, you know, thoughts about that with the injury. Marcus Davenport, I don't know how big of a difference he would have made, um, but I feel like he would have maybe given maybe a half a sack, maybe seven or eight more pressures. Um, they talked about zone dogs and blitzes or whatever. I think the Vikings – uh, blitz or pressure like 46% of the time or something. Yeah. And the Bucks were like 42% of the time, which was second. And for the offensive line, like as bad as we thought they did, they handled the pressure actually pretty well. Like Kirk Cousins wasn't running for his life and the Bucks came after him. 
they were trying to kill Kirk Cousins. We know that because a couple of the hits, uh, my man killed his own teammate, Vita Vea. Speaking of people to be scared of, if I'm on his team, I'm scared. He took two, like I counted, Sam, he took two of his own <laughs> players out. I haven't watched the All-22 back yet because it, it technically hasn't been loaded because the players, the coaches don't have to load it up until Tuesday, but they might have to load it up Monday because they play Thursday. Mm-hmm. But Sam, he took out, I mean, he absolutely decapitated one of his players, the linebacker. He tried to Levante kill him. Levante David, right? Yep, he took Levante yeah. David's neck off. Um, and then he also hit Carlton Davis on uh, the touchdown by Alexander Madison. Like, and to hit a corner, now that's what I say. Vita Vea hustles, but to hit a corner and to hit a linebacker five, six, seven yards down the field, you got to be hustling. That man hustles, but that man is crazy. Like he hurt two of his own players bad. Like I thought, I thought Levante David was dead. I was like, this, I'm not dead, but like concussed. I was like, this guy's out. And he might have been concussed. Maybe that's why he went off. But I'm like, this guy is out. Like, he is out cold. Mm-hmm. That was a hard – like, even the crowd was like, oh. Like, when they replayed it, and then they stopped playing it. Like, they replayed it one time, and they're like, okay, we can't play this anymore. <laughs> yeah. That was way too brutal and violent. Family show. Kids yeah, in the audience. it was way too brutal and violent. Like, that was – like, they replayed it one time, and then they stopped. Like, they literally stopped in the middle. Like, when they first saw the, like, the next snap, they were like, oh, stop that. We can't play that anymore. And then they start playing in the stadium. They start playing like random graphics and like doing the fan stuff where they turn players into AI generated characters. Um, and then, and then when they have the, um, and then when the TV version, we look, they just went to like commercial. So we're like, oh my goodness, is this guy like, cause we couldn't see how bad it actually was from the press box. And so, yeah, yeah. that was, but that my takeaway, man, is like, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Like, I, I want to put my hoodie on and, and, and go back into my turtle cave or something. Like, you know, shout out to Unreal for the uh, for the Vikings hoodie. These things turned out great. I got the, the quarter zip version, me and my wife. Uh, so we'll be matching. I don't know what point, some some game maybe even, but uh, we got the quarter zips. So it's different. I'm glad they, because everybody kept saying, I wish they would get different stuff. It's the same hoodie. It is different this year. It's a quarter zip. They got a crew neck. So they the, the other hoodie is a little bit different. So these are, this is really good construction made gear vikings throwback jerseys vikings throwback hoodies and then somebody said was it luke Bronze said they threw it back to losing to the buccaneers yeah nfc yeah. central days <laughs> yep <laughs> oh man but say i don't know what, what were your thoughts because I, I mean it's just it's yeah. so much to take down from this game so the davenport thing is is very interesting because i didn't feel like they got a lot from wanham or jones mm-hmm. and one big pressure might have made the difference, Ron. There are a couple drives in that game where they they badly needed to make a play. Um, end of the first half, mm-hmm. when I think you would have felt, everyone would have felt really good going into halftime leading 10-3, to mm-hmm. and for them to convert a big third down and then quickly drive the field and score, tie it up before halftime, that was deflating. Yeah, And then toward the end, needing to get a stop to prevent them from getting that go-ahead field goal, needing to get a stop to just to get the ball back, at the very end, and they couldn't get that done. You, you got to wonder if they get a little more pressure on Mayfield, because I believe, Ron, he only got hit two times in the game. Pressured, yes, but hit only two times in the game. Um, I, I think the pass rush was lacking considerably, and I really was high on Davenport going in. So I was bummed about that. I hope he plays Thursday, and they're, they're kind of teetering on that. They're saying he might he might be ready. Uh, same with Bradbury. He might be ready, but I'm worried about that back injury. Right. Yeah. Um, Backs I mean, are the worst. Yeah. No, that's that's 
if they're saying it's like last year mm-hmm. where he missed five games, I don't want to hear that at all. But I mean, Ron, were you concerned about the Vikings protection? Cousins got hit nine times. Um, I know you, you you thought it was a little better than than some people are saying. Uh, what makes you say that? I, I just say it's better from like the maybe I'm just looking at certain positions. Offensive mm-hmm. tackles, left side guard with Ezra Cleveland. Um, I felt like it was pretty solid. Austin Schlotman coming in, I think he did all he could do as a backup center. Um, I will say that the 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 Ed Ingram stuff, the punching the ball again, that was mm-hmm. super random. Uh yeah. after watching it back, some people because like Corey Cole said it. Uh, when we did the post game show, he's like, Oh, he swung and punched it. And Pete Burson said he swung and punched it. I'm like, He didn't swing and punch it, like, he's pulling and just his natural run motion that left hand just right. hits the ball. So it's not like he like went full, like, fantastic for the thing on him, like, and just started like hawk, ho- you know, uh, the hawk. You know, like, he wasn't just swinging wildly, he tried to run and he's. 300 plus pounds so big dudes run with a wide gate and he's trying to like pull and hurry up and get down the line um i question and this is i and again i i I thought about this later i get that it was supposed to be like a counter because the counter like he's kirk cousins comes out this way and counter like he's he's gonna counter spin because it was gonna be a i hope it was gonna be a counter i don't understand the reason to open up that way unless it was gonna be a counter um especially with a pulling guard so if it was going to be some kind of counter where Kirk was going to reverse out and come the other way and hand it off to the right with Ed Ingram pulling and the running back kind of coming downhill this way, um, that's the only reason to do that. I question that, though. Like, how much do you guys practice that? And one, was the snap maybe just a hair slower than normal because you have a different center? Was Kirk Cousins under center bit a little bit longer than normal because he's trying to make sure he gets the snap from a new center? Um, there's a lot to it because it, it happened fairly quickly after Garrett Bradbury went out. And so, cause every, I, I even saw some idiots tweet like, Oh, there's Garrett Bradbury. It's like, it wasn't Garrett Bradbury. Oh no. Sorry. That's what happens when Austin Schlotman comes in. It wasn't Austin. It wasn't Garrett Bradbury. So I'm like, everybody was blamed it on the center first. First they blamed it on Bradbury and it was like, it wasn't him. Then they blamed it on Schlotman. It wasn't his fault. I think Kirk cousins, just because it was a new center. That was like the fresh, it was like a first, the first couple plays or maybe the first play after Garrett Bradbury went out. But he kind of like, I think he took up too much time. The other part of it is if he's coming out, why is he swinging like this knowing somebody's pulling? If you get it here, you keep it tight to your body and you turn. I think if he keeps mm-hmm. it tight, like he gets it, like he's going to hand it off, and then he does that. For those watching on YouTube, I just did the whole quarterback motion. For those at home, that's why maybe you hear my voice going away from the mic like that <laughs> because i'm doing the quarterback we, motion we got the full really, demonstration here getting really involved in it but if he gets it keeps it close and then spins that guard coming this way doesn't hit him and that's what i'm wondering too is like the footwork the hammer because people always watch that when quarterbacks warm up they see them take the snap and they do that motion they roll out they hand it off yep. and then they finish the run it's all about the motion it's all about all of that, the footwork, the handwork, the motion. Like, you have to get all that together with the guy pulling. And so when you think about that, that's that's my only question is, how much of that was on Kirk or maybe just the delay of the snap? Maybe they're used to Garrett Bradbury being a little bit quicker than Austin Schlopman with his snap time because that's something centers get graded on when they get drafted. What's that? What's this time to get the ball back to the quarterback? What's the time on the on the, um, on the the shotgun? Like, how accurate is he? I think we forgot about that. Like we forgot that that was a different center. So maybe all week Ed Ingram's timing was boom because he knew it's snap, boom, he's out, he's gone. 
Whereas maybe Schlotman's a little bit slower. Kirk Cousins is a half a second slower. And that's all it took was a split second. Like if you mm-hmm. if you speed that up like that, Ed Ingram swings his arm and the and Kirk's already gone. Right. But that 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 quick clap, that that's that's the difference in Garrett Bradbury maybe versus Austin Schlotman. He's a little bit slower to get the ball back. So we have to look into all factors. We can't just say, oh, Ed Ingram, because because that's the easy, lazy take. You got to break down the whole situation. What happened? Who's normally in there? Who have they been practicing with all week doing this? What's been the timing? Because pulling guards and pulling tackles, and even when they kick down early the first run, the tight ends coming across, that's all timing. But you've been working on this timing with a certain, like a certain running back, for instance. If you're like, hey, Alexander Mass has been the back we've been doing this with, this is the time I know I need to go. But all of a sudden you get Ty Chandler, maybe he's a little bit quicker. And all of a sudden you see him get it and he kind of slows down. And then, then he goes because he's like, oh, shoot, I was here quicker than I thought. You know, like Adrian Peterson, same thing. Like every running back is different. So when you practice certain plays, every route is different. Certain receivers, like it's different. Zach Wilson, I guarantee uh, Alan Lazar when he ran that route or Garrett Wilson when he ran that fade all week, it was a different type of play with Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, whereas Alan Lazard, you know, Zach Wilson threw the ball early because it, it kind of surprised Alan Lazard if you watched it last night. He kind of bobbled it, then caught it, which normally he's a sure-handed guy. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is a little bit later to throw it because he zings it. Whereas Zach Wilson's like, look, I don't, I don't have that arm strength like Rodgers. I got to get it out now. So when you turn, it's going to be there. He did catch it. But again, that's little stuff like when players switch, you have to like think like, I didn't practice at all with this dude. Like, you know, like they're thinking like Ed Ingram's like, I haven't done this play with Schlotman. I don't know what his time. And I'm not even thinking about that. So again, some of those plays like that, you know, you think about the offensive line play. I think other than those small little plays there, granted, yep, uh, Kirk Cousins was under pressure, but how much of that too was like, we're just in the wrong play call with the defensive zone dog they have going, or we're just in the wrong uh, formation, or we got the wrong protection called. Um, how, how much of it is, is the routes just way too much? Like some of these routes, you look at them, you're like, why why are we over? Like I, I loved, like, I, and, I, and I one day I'll bring it out. I got to get it out the garage, but I, I still have my coach's playbook from training camp for two mm-hmm. years and the one thing and i and i posted it one day just one play like i'm not gonna ever post their play even though it's changed now because peyton manning's gone and there's a whole new team so maybe i can do it now but i posted like a play and reggie wilson or reggie wilson reggie wayne commented like oh man man you know i love me some florida like the play was called florida because there was a double dig that looked like an f outside guy had the short dig deep guy had the deep dig and what you're getting is normally when the deep the middle guy runs the go the inside guy runs a dig, so people cheat. So that safety runs like back, like, oh, I got to get the seam. Mm-hmm. Well, as he yep. goes to the seam, boom, now he breaks it off too. So it's like a dig first, and then there's a follow dig. And so fly, follow Florida, So, but also Florida, it looks like an F on paper. So Peyton it was a backwards F, but Peyton Manning, you know, like, it. well, if you put it on the other side, it's an F, but you can run it either way. <laughs> but it was simple. It was simple concepts. They had double slants. They had clear out slants. They had flat slants. I feel like some of these new coaches are so innovative and they're trying to be so different that sometimes they do too much. They do overdo it where the quarterback needs at least four seconds. Go back to the days of Peyton. Like Peyton got the ball out of his hands quick because his concepts were quick. And then eventually he would get you with a dagger. But it's like, man, I'm going to matriculate down the field. I'm going to slowly run hitches, slants, outs, hitch, slant, out, dig, hitch, slant, out, curl. Boom. Now I got you. 
I, I feel like the Vikings have to find some type of simplicity within this offense too. When you know you're like you said, if, if you know you're getting pressured that much, how can you simplify it so the offensive line is not overdoing it? How can you make Kirk Cousins the ability give Kirk Cousins to just change it? Hey, hey, look, this guy's coming, this guy's coming. Hey, you run a flat route, you run a curl, boom, go. Like simplify it. Like that's the only thing I. That's my takeaway from the line is to simplify it. Uh, we went a little long in the first segment though because there's so much Viking stuff to talk about. Uh, but in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the NFL. What do these injuries mean for all these teams? And is the Vikings, like, should we be concerned? Concerned? Or, hmm, I'm okay. That's going to be our next topic on the Ron Johnson Show. Before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Let me tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook and their fantastic promotions going on. If you missed it in week one, that's okay. You still have an opportunity to get involved with America's number one sports book. New customers can sign up, bet $5. That's all it requires to get $200 in bonus bets straight to your account, guaranteed. And that $5 bet can also get you $100 off the new NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV. They've got that snazzy new looking four box. You can watch four games at once. Looks really, really cool. This is the best time to join at FanDuel and take advantage of these fantastic promotions. You get those bonus bets, put them on player props, money lines, spreads, whatever you want. Get $100 off YouTube TV's NFL Sunday ticket. FanDuel.com slash locked on to find out more information. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season in week two with these offers that you won't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, Sam, we got to talk a little bit about this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with the tease that I said. Are you concerned? Like, do you think the Vikings are in trouble? I mean, you got the Eagles coming up. You got the Chargers. You got the Chiefs. You got the Panthers. Chiefs, Chargers, and Eagles? Are you concerned, Sam, about the Minnesota Vikings possibly going like one and four to start the five-game stretch? I mean, it's hard not to be concerned after this one because you counted on this one. This right. was going to be one of your layup games, and you don't have that many of them. You don't have many, I, I'll, I'll say mediocre, opponents mm -hmm. coming to play you in your building, and they blew this one. So now you got to make up for it. Now you got to make up for it, and you got to beat a team that nobody's expecting you to beat. Right. That would be the Eagles on Thursday. That would be the Chiefs in Week 5, maybe San Francisco later in the season, but you got to make up for this somehow. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly think that, a Thursday night game offers the opportunity to pull that kind of upset mm. because it's a short week. It comes down to coaching, comes down to injuries in a lot of ways. So the mm. Vikings, they might be missing Bradbury. I would expect them to miss Bradbury. Don't know about Davenport, um, but the Eagles are, are they, they might not have their Bradbury, James Bradbury, mm. who experienced a concussion. So they might be down a starting corner. So it, we'll see how healthy they are. I'm worried about the Vikings interior line because that Eagles interior front is unbelievable. Jordan Davis um, is incredible. Fletcher Cox is really, really good. They've got a, uh, what Milton Williams or Milton something. They've got a really big group in there. Uh, so speaking of getting the ball out quickly, Ron, that's got to be the game plan on Thursday for the Vikings without, you know, Bradbury in there. Hopefully Derisaw is healthy enough to go with that ankle. Mm -hmm. um they got to protect they got to protect um do you think they can blitz Jalen Hurts 47 percent of the time and still <laughs> survive I don't know if that's going to be the case no you can't blitz him that much he, he's a runner um here's where I go with this Mac Jones 
Uh, 54 attempts. 54 attempts. Ezekiel Elliott, the guy you thought they would try to help out, you know, help out Mac Jones, seven carries. So this feels like maybe the Eagles defense showed some things to Belichick. And again, I know he's watching the film this morning. Kevin O'Connell's watching that film. He's like, what do they do? 316 yards and three touchdowns for Mac Jones. So you can't tell me Kirk Cousins can't do that. Jalen Hurts, he only threw the ball 33 times, 170 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, 14 carries, 54 yards. When you look at the receivers, it wasn't like a ridiculous day. Jalen Hurts, nine carries, 37 yards. So it wasn't like one of those like, whoa, here's the Eagles. They're back. They're going to Super Bowl. Maybe they're going to fall into that same uh, curse of like losing the Super Bowl and then not making it again. Or not making the playoffs. Now, I'm not going to say that because the Giants look terrible. Uh, the Cowboys look like the favorite right now in the NFC East, at least. And then the, the Washington uh, Commanders look decent. Sam Howell like, was struggling early on. I think he kind of figured it out. He looked a little bit better towards the end. Uh, the Eric B. Enemy offense, I think they just have to get going and get comfortable. Uh, but when you think about like this team and blitzing, if you blitz Jalen Hurts, I think that's the opposite of what you want to do. Belichick got pressure with upfront guys and then stay back, allowing his guys to, to kind of find them. Now, this is the one thing I will say about Brian Flores defense, the number of safeties I saw in the game a lot. Like you saw a lot of number 44 with 25 Theo Jackson in there. You saw a lot of Harrison Smith in there with 44 and 24 and Cam Bynum. So I think that is one way to kind of help out a guy like Jalen hurts is have one of your safeties who are just as fast as Jalen hurts spy him. Not a linebacker, because I know a lot of teams spied him before with linebackers, and they got burned last year. I think a lot of teams now know we can't spy him with a backer. We have to find a guy like a Josh Metellus, like a Cam Bynum, like a Theo Jackson, who can come, maybe Lewis Seen, but he's not, Lewis Seen is like the fifth safety, I feel like, right now in that group. Mm -hmm. But when you look at uh, those guys I just named, Theo Jackson, um, um, Josh Metellus, Cam Bynum, Harrison Smith, between one of those four, one of those guys have to be able to spy him, which is even crazy too, Sam, when you think about that. Lewis Seen got passed up now by Theo Jackson in gameplay, like actually getting into the game. Yeah, so that's that's, that's that's starting to get concerning now for this whole uh mm-hmm. Lewis Seen bit. Like it because it because he plays special teams, so he's healthy, uh, but he didn't get on the field defensively. So I don't know at what point we wave the white flag of the Lewis Seen era and we just say, uh, as far as our show, not the team. And say, hey, we just have to stop like talking about the fact that we can't wait to see him play because it doesn't look like he's going to. Like if Theo Jackson passed him up on playing time on the field, and my guess is Jay Ward's gonna pass him up and playing time on the field. Um, I thought that many safeties. I'm like, oh, Lewis Seen's gonna get a shot now to play that big nickel that J. Ron Curse uh, you know, look. And he didn't. He 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 kind of, you know, he kind of just plays special teams, and that was really it. Um, but I will say the Vikings defense. Those extra safeties, I think, might be the answer to like stopping Jalen Hurts from running. Uh, Caleb Evans looked pretty decent. Uh, Makai Blackman as the third DB coming into the game looked really good. Uh, and then what's his name? Byron Murphy Jr. He did his job. Like we didn't talk about him much. We didn't say he got you know killed. He you know I think that's the key too. When you can just go through a game and you're not really even saying a corner's name, like, oh, man, what's going on? Why is he getting beat? Why is he wide open? Because I feel like years and years that would happen, even with Zimmer's defense, where we go through a game and we're like, man, what was what was, uh, what was was he thinking about? What was Xavier Rose thinking about? What was Trey Wayne thinking about? Like, why is McKenzie Alexander getting beat wide open and getting the Packers? Like, who's covering this guy? 
We didn't have that of guys running wide open. Even last year with that Donatello's defense, we had guys ro- running wide open down the middle. We didn't have that this game. So that that's one one thing I thought about. And then to hit on the uh, injury, because just the Aaron Rodgers injury, it changes the scope of the NFL because everybody had the Jets as a as a as a favorite for the Super Bowl. Also, everybody thought the Giants were going to be good and the Cowboys are better. I think, and that's why the only reason I'll say I don't know if the Vikings are done just yet. I do say they're in trouble. I do think they're in their trouble. But the thing about the NFL is every year, like the Bengals looked horrible. Absolutely yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, like they paid Joe Burr all that money and he looked horrible. And so, and maybe it was the weather. I know the weather was part of it. So I'm not going to act like it wasn't weather because we know the 49ers got beat by the Bears because of weather early on last year. Um, but when you look at that weather and you talk about those teams out there right now, the NFL has changed. So I'm not saying that the Vikings can't beat the Eagles. Um, I think I'm I'm basing this off last year. I still have the Eagles, in my opinion, is one of the best. Like we look at their defensive line, even their defensive line is scary. Their defense, their front seven is scary. Hassan, it, I mean, it's just, oh my goodness. Like it's scary. And so that's my concern on a short week, hurt guys, injuries. Uh, and then you have to get on a plane on a Wednesday to play on a Thursday. We've seen Thursday night football be very sloppy, like very sloppy. And that's that's my concern is like sloppy football plays into the Eagles' hands. It doesn't play into the Vikings' hands. And so I hope they can go in and maybe simplify the game plan, like I said, like simple. Keep it simple. Do some simple stuff. Let Kirk Cousins matriculate down the field. It doesn't matter if it takes 20 plays to score. Just do it. Like we don't need – like I feel like Kevin O'Connell loves daggers. Like I think he loves those big plays because they come up at the wrong time. Like third and one. They know you're thinking that. Just run the ball. Get another first down. Just quarterback sneak it like the, like the Eagles, the Bills. Everybody does that. Third and one, they just run to the line quick, snap it, get the first down. Let's give me three more plays. I feel like Kevin O'Connell sometimes wastes his third downs or second and ones. Like second and one, run the ball. Go get the first down. Like we don't need – I get it. You're thinking they're thinking – but they're thinking the same thing. It's chess. Oh, wait, they're second and one. He's man, he's gonna watch, watch for something deep. He's not gonna run this ball. That's not what he does. And that's the problem. Is like when you do that, it, it sets a bad precedent. But I don't know. What are your what are your quick thoughts on that on injury? Uh one, you know, it set the Packers back. Um do, Packers, the Jets back. Yeah. Um, do you think they still have a chance? And and where do you think this falls for like other teams looking at potential like because they just said somebody was like they had the Jets need to draft a quarterback this year regardless if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year um about as far as that like can the NFL does this change a lot and does this do anything because the NFC we're not affected by it but you know what does that do right well there's a lot of conjecture now that the Jets need to go find a QB whether that's via trade or find someone who's retired yeah previously like Bill Barnwell Brady, wrote the whole yeah wrote the whole story he's he was wondering about Matt Ryan pulling him out of the CBS broadcast booth. And by the way, Matt Ryan called the Vikings game. I thought he did a good job on Sunday. Um, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, who's an owner now. So it gets sloppy there if you try to pull him out of retirement. They just He's the owner had of the Raiders, team. right? Oh, yeah, minority yeah. owner of the Raiders. Um, then, you know, some people, of course, thrown out Kirk Cousins' name, trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets, the team that wanted him back in 2018. Right. Um, in reality, are you going to get a great quarterback situation there in New York. I don't know. I don't know if there's a move to be made there for the Giants to, or for the Jets. I'm sorry to solidify that spot. So they're they're in trouble. They're they're in trouble. Um, and the AFC is already loaded, right? Ravens, 
Bengals. Chiefs are going to bounce back. We we're confident in that. The Dolphins looked unbelievable against the Chargers. So yeah. if the Jets downgrade from Rodgers to to Wilson, I know they won last night. They're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, now you've got a bottom tier quarterback compared to a stacked conference of quarterbacks. They're in deep, deep trouble. Uh, the Vikings, remember, Ron, the NFC is still wide open. The NFC is the worst conference right now. So the Eagles are the cream of the crop. And after that, I think that the Vikings can still contend. Um, you can't bury a team after week one, but sure. but you're right. The schedule is daunting. So you got to take care of business now, and you got to steal a game or two. Um, we, Kevin O'Connell does not have a losing streak in as the Vikings coach. has never lost multiple games in a row. Mm, so can he avoid one. that here on Thursday? It might be his first one because yep. – I don't know. A lot of people are betting against the Vikings <laughs> to lose to the Eagles. Um, we'll talk about that, you know, at some point about the the as the because it's, it's too early right now to even talk about betting lines and what what are the trends and you know are the Vikings covering? Do they not cover? Blah blah. So as the, as the season goes on, we'll we'll get a better handle on that. But yeah, like you said, Kurt, Ke, uh, Kevin O'Connell's never had a losing streak. This might be his first one. I don't know if you can call two games a losing streak, but if you lose to the Chargers. Uh, the sky might be falling. Panic. The sky might start falling if they go zero and three. I could imagine they went zero and three, Sam. After starting off thirteen and four, like I, I think people would riot. I think there would be ridiculousness within the media world, within the Twitter world. People would be like, his press conference would turn into like PJ Fleck types, where it's always like getting attacked and he's got to defend himself. Um, you know, thank God Chris Thomason and some guys like that are gone because, you know, they would ask those weird questions. And then, you know, Kevin O'Connell would learn about why Mike Zimmer like hated him so much because it's like, dude, you're going to ask me this question. And I'm 0 3 right now. Uh, but I will say this we got to jump into the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We're going to uh, probably take about a minute today. Uh, but the Twins face the Tampa Bay Rays tonight at 6 40 p.m. Catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on the SXM app. Just search. Twins and the Twins did just lose to the Rays, but somehow, some way, they still have a seven and a half game lead on the division because the Guardians clearly have given up. So the Twins most likely are going to make the playoffs. I mean, there's always a chance but they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to go in with the division lead. Uh, but the 640 tonight, the pitch of, or sorry, the first pitch uh, on the SXM app, just search Twins. Well, Sam, it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions. Take about a minute each today. Take it away. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I want to get your take on some other week one stuff in the NFL. Give mm -hmm. me the team that impressed you the most based on what you saw. I, I'm, I got to go to the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys yeah. were actually impressed. Now, I don't know if that means the, the Giants suck, um, but the Cowboys impressed me. You know who else impressed me? The Buccaneers. Like not, not so much of like Baker Mayfield, but like Antoine Winfield, the defensive guys, like Vita Vea, that, the, 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 the way – Todd Bowles, because everybody forgets about like how Todd Bowles got this job. Uh, you know, like everybody forgets how the Tampa Bay coaches exited so that Tom Bowles could take over. The staff is still pretty much there. You got Tom Morris still on staff, uh, Larry Foote, uh, 
Godwin, Coach Goody, who was my coach when I was with the Bears. Uh, so the Bucks also impressed me too because I just thought they would be mundane and terrible, and they competed. They went out because uh, again, if the Vikings go out and beat the Eagles, maybe we have a different outlook on the Bucks. And I think that's what we're forgetting. Same way, you know, the Cowboys and the Giants. If the Giants go out and lay some more eggs, then we can say, hey, the Cowboys don't aren't it. But if the Cowboy, if the Giants go out and, and win their next game convincingly. People are like, man, the Cowboys actually got better. Like Dak Prescott actually, like, you know, I'm not going to throw that many, you know, interceptions this year. Maybe he's right. Maybe he is going to fix everything that was messed up. But I don't know. Those, those are two teams that impressed me. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I don't like to say this out loud, but the Packers look pretty good <laughs> against the Bears. Um, I thought the Rams were surprising. I did not expect them to win many games this year, and they outscored Seattle 23 nothing in the second half. Yeah, and uh, San Francisco, like the two yeah, two teams in the NFC, you got to worry about Cowboys and and Forty Niners. Both looked pretty dominant. Yeah, they, they both did. looked the part in those games. Um, next one for you. Uh, last year in Philly, the Vikings got ambushed on both sides of the ball. Offense, they threw. I think Kirk threw three picks in that game. Mm-hmm. Defense, they got ripped apart. Which side of the ball are you most concerned about on Thursday night? I'm concerned about the Vikings defense versus the Eagles offense. I think, you know, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is a sleeping giant. Um, I, I think, you know, against the Patriots, honestly, I think they probably came into that game too. The Patriots had a different mo- uh, motivation too. I don't know if you saw that Tom Brady was at that game. So he was there celebrate or hanging out, wore his jersey, came onto the field, did some stuff, uh, you know, hung out in the owner's suite. Even though he's an owner of, the, of a different team, hung out in the owner's suite because he's, you know, he's – you know a legend not just yeah. in the NFL but he's like a Boston like god to those people so he showed up uh got you know got maybe maybe that got the team going a little bit because I know he spoke to them and he was around them he's on the field um you know he's with the owner so uh I, and maybe the Eagles came in this like hey this is Mac Jones man we about to run through this team we about to run through the league this year and then they they got punched in the mouth a little bit and then they had to actually play uh they got the victory but not like it wasn't like a blowout like everybody thought it was going to be um, so I'm a little bit concerned about the offense because I feel like this offense is pissed off that they, you know, Jalen Hurts didn't have a ridiculous like, you know, 300 yards of total offense type of day, 170 in the air, 37 in the ground, you know, like that's just not what we expect from Jalen Hurts. And so who knows what that that problem was or what was going on, but I'm a little concerned on a short week uh, for the Vikings defense to have to deal with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, the Eagles only generated one touchdown on offense, and they yeah. inherited the ball at the 26-yard line, so they had yeah. a very short field. They didn't actually put together a lengthy touchdown drive. A lot of field goal drives, right. uh, no touchdown drives of great length. All right, last one. Gophers, an AP Top 25 poll. They are receiving votes. They are receiving the ninth most votes, mm-hmm. so that could essentially make them number 34 in the rankings. If they beat North Carolina on the road, Number 20 in the nation, North Carolina, Drake May. Would that make the Gophers a ranked team this time next week? Yeah, because it's on ESPN, too. So everybody's going to be tuning in to see Drake May because he's a potential first-round pick, most likely first-round pick. Uh, Everybody's saying – a lot of people, though, are saying, like, man, is Mitchell Trubisky 2.0 possible? You know, like a lot of people have – just like C.J. Stroud with Ohio State quarterbacks. Everybody's like, ah, when has Ohio State quarterbacks ever really been truly good? Um, And so I think Drake May – you know, he's going to have to break that stigma. Uh, and so people are going to be tuned in to watch him. They might just end up catching Tyler Newbin and being like, whoa, this guy is really good. So, yes, if they beat uh, North Carolina, which they beat Penn State when they were top five. Um, so they've done it before. 
PJ Fleck has done it before. Um, yes, I think they will be ranked because if you knock off a top 25 team, uh, you beat Eastern Michigan, uh, you beat a Nebraska team who actually didn't get blown out by Colorado. They, they lost, but it wasn't a blowout uh, to Colorado. So maybe that helps the Gophers. Because some people were even saying like, oh, if Nebraska beats Colorado, man, look how that makes Minnesota look, which is true. Um, but they hung with Colorado. It wasn't a blowout. Um, I would say, yes, they do get ranked. They have to. Like if you be the top 20 mm -hmm. team, I look at the rest of the teams in the top 25. Uh, I get it, though. Sometimes it's about the helmet and the school and they just get votes because people who those voters look and say, oh, yeah, let me just give them a vote because there they are. They're undefeated. And I know that helmet. So, yeah, I think they should, though. ESPN is going to help the fact that it's a, it's a nationally televised game. What do you mm -hmm. think? Uh, yeah, I think they will, too. I think they'll, they'd sneak in just inside the top 25. I, I mean, it's not there's not that many teams at this stage in the season that have the opportunity to pick up a big road win over a ranked team. I think Texas did it last week. That was big for them yep. uh, against Alabama. But uh, yeah, this is a big opportunity for the Gophers. How often do you have a non-conference game with this kind of stature? Uh, this is great. I'm really excited for it. We've the, the Gophers have played a lot of non power fives in years past this is awesome i'm all i hope they do this more often yeah i mean and you remember though when tim brewster was here they had remember that was that was set remember they had it set for them to be able to play um north carolina and then i think did what did tim brewster didn't he cancel it or something so they can't yeah they canceled was it the, the series and then yeah. did they renew it i don't know how that worked so I know they canceled it, but it, like due to money, they had, they had, I don't, I don't know the true story, but I know, I know Tim Brewster didn't want to do it. Um, he also wanted to play Texas, which I don't know what was wrong with him. Um, but yeah, North Carolina, I mean, when you go on the road to play a top 25 team, it's Drake May, but you know, you got to look at Omari Hampton and running back, you know, the kid right now is 278 yards on 42 attempts. Um, and, and that's in only two games, you know, Drake May has been so-so. You know, when you think about his quarterback rating, he's been pretty good. 72% completions. Um, hasn't done anything like like Caleb Williams and uh Shadur, was it Shadur Sanders? Mm -hmm. Like they have been killing it. They they have people watching, like, whoa, like Drake May has 400 uh, 477 yards in in two games and two touchdowns. I think Shadur had what almost 500 yards in one game, uh, and then another 300 yarder. Caleb Williams has had two 300 yard games. So you know, Drake May's been pretty quiet, and, and hopefully this is not the game where he wakes up. But it should be a good game overall. You know, as I, as the week goes on, I'm going to be watching more and more of this of, of Carolina stuff. Uh, but, you know, Cedric Gray, you know, one of their top defenders, you know, he's going to have to deal with this running game now because I think that was the Gophers. Week one, everybody questioned the run game. Week two, what do you question? Because the run game's there. We know he can pass 44 times. He has yep. both. So I think that's – I think P.J. did exactly what he wanted to do. He put enough on film in the run game and in the pass game that now North Carolina has to prepare for both. And now he has a bevy of plays he can get to within that game because he knows – and maybe Darius Tyler Taylor, sorry, was the was the, the the key. Like, hey, we have a shifty RB1 now. I don't know if any other running back in that room is as quick and as shifty as Darius uh, Taylor. He's earned the right now to be the starter. Uh, Sean Tyler, I think, will get the split, you know, get some of the split carries. But if Darius Taylor is hot like he was in that game, I think PJ sticks with him. I think this might be a true freshman story, like a Marion Barber, like a Lawrence Maroney, where everybody's like, whoa, this true freshman is really good. And then, you know, three years from now, hearing his name called in the NFL as a, as a, as a, as a Isaiah Pacheco type of guy, like a, a, a Swiss Army knife weapon. 
But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. A lot of football this week, people. You got the Vikings on a Thursday night. You got the Gophers on a Saturday on ESPN versus North Carolina. So super excited about that. At some point, we, we did sit down. I took some pictures. If you go to my Instagram, that's 3RonJohnson. Uh, I haven't posted the pictures yet, but I did put in my story. Uh, I didn't tweet it out yet either, but uh, got a chance to sit down with uh, Antoine Winfield's dad for a second at the game so he's going to come on the ron johnson show at some point which is going to work out that timing uh so it should be fun to hear him talk about his son i was i was more concerned sam about getting him if the if the bucks lost um and the bucks won so maybe he's still celebrating because uh i know him and Antoine yeah. are super excited like Antoine even posted it uh both of them posted like a the buccaneers put a whole story together about welcome home for Antoine winfield jr and so you know this was this was a game that he had circled on his calendar and it worked out for him. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. I want to thank you guys. Remember, people, you can subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. You're going to have all of our content this season. We're going to have press conference, postcast with Gopher, Locked On Gophers and Locked On Vikings. Uh, you're going to have the roundtable, of course, on Fridays. And then the football party four days a week. I'll be joining whenever I can, of course, Thursdays. Um, but whenever they need me, I'm on there with the football party. But, again, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. Have a great day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.